Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Anthony Tringale. I'm the host of this podcast, the Local New York Podcast. And you're listening to episode 103 right here. I sat down with Jason, the owner of Smoke Signals Barbecue up in Lake Placid. Um, I had the pleasure to get away for a day or two and head up to Lake Placid a couple weeks ago and um, uh, hang out with some uh, local restaurant owners and have them on the podcast. And I had such a great time. I mean, Lake Placid, you know, I'm a married man, you know that. I have my beautiful wife, who I love, Rebecca. We're actually at the recording of this introduction, about to celebrate our two-year wedding anniversary, four-year uh, relationship anniversary, and I love. I could if I could spend every moment of my day with my wife, I would. Um, but having said that, being able to go up to Lake Placid by myself for two days in October was magical. Um, to just relax and get to learn more about the food scene up there. And go out to eat at a bunch of places and drink some good beer and wine and sit down and have podcast, you know, or have these conversations and record these podcasts with these owners was just a real, really a great pleasure. Um, it was all very much so made possible by the folks at Golden Arrow. Um, you know, I don't know if you get up to Lake Placid, those of you who are listening to this, maybe you live in Lake Placid, I don't know. Um, if you get up to Lake Placid, uh, a lot. I do not. This is, you know, I say mentioned in the podcast. This is about my. This is my second time up in the last four or five years. Um, but I just had such a wonderful time. I've already said that. But it really was made possible and just made so much more relaxing and enjoyable because of the folks at uh, Golden Arrow Lakeside Resort. It, it's right on the water, right on Mirror Lake. They have their own. Um, private beach, and they have, uh, you know, their own canoes and kayaks and different, I don't even know what they're called, contraptions that you can sit in and ride on the water, if that's how you properly say it. I just, I, what am I saying here? Golden Arrow Lakeside Resort was by far one of the best hotels I ever stayed in. Um, uh, I had this beautiful room that was on the top floor, right overlooking the lake, and there was a fireplace in the room. Um, the staff were just beyond exceptional and so kind and hospitable. And, you know, the the restaurant, you know, generations there, and it's connected to the hotel. It had a wonderful dinner there. My first night in town. I just, I really can't say enough about it. So if you're in Lake Placid, then make sure that if you're looking for accommodations, you go to Golden Arrow Lakeside Resort. Um, you know, like I said, I just, I can't recommend it enough. I'm going to keep talking about it. You can go to golden-arrow.com, which is their website, and find out more information about their beautiful resort, their beautiful property, and uh, book your reservation. Well, let's get right into this week's episode of the podcast with Jason from Smoke Signals. It really is like, I don't know, like, do you find being here that it's like, 
odd like do you cater to tourists a lot with the restaurant do you like have that mindset or is it like because there's not many locals around here right no yeah no and it feels like it's getting fewer oh really yeah um just in town like living in town um yeah seasonally um it's definitely catering more towards visitors but uh i don't know like we try and do certain things year-round yeah that that's nice for locals like you can always get a dollar pbr during happy hour um yeah it's yeah (laughs) so i was so you guys started was it seven or eight years ago yeah 2013 okay and um and you i mean so you're from delaware right yes uh what was that like thinking about moving to lake placid did you did you move here and then open the like with the intention of opening or did you guys move here and then open the restaurant so yeah moved up with the intention of opening a restaurant um so delaware then dc then up here um and just falling in love with like the hiking skiing all that stuff um and then yeah kind of started just like honing in on like what niche makes the most sense Uh, because i didn't have like an extensive background in barbecue Mm. um i was just a very accomplished home cook yeah. um, that grew up around the industry because my mom has a restaurant. Oh, cool. Um, from back home? Yeah, yeah, okay. in Greenville, Delaware. Nice. Um, they get listed as like one of the best pizza restaurants in the country oh, awesome. all the time. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm super proud of it. It's really good. What's the name of it? Pizza by Elizabeth's. Okay. Um, so yeah, came up and then started uh, honing in on the concept, kind of determined there wasn't any legit barbecue up here. Yeah. Um, and probably wasn't for, you know, a good distance yeah. also. Um, so bought a little smoker, started smoking at home. Yeah. Um, I had never made so many bad meals really? in my life. Yeah, the first couple were just, they were terrible. And it was really frustrating. Um, cause it's just like a different style of cooking. Yeah, um, yeah it really is. I started getting into smoking um, during the pandemic. Okay. And... Um, I use a Weber kettle to do it, yep. you know, and I use like the snake method and the chips on top. And um, uh, I found, oddly enough, like pork shoulder was like the hardest thing for me. Interesting. Like I did ribs and brisket and pork and pork was the most challenging. I kept up pulling it early. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the brisket, uh, you know, the, oh, I've only done one brisket. Unfortunately, I bought it at like the height of beef prices. Okay. <laughs> so I paid like $220 for like a 12 pound brisket. Oh yeah. Did was, you really? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, it, was, it was nuts. Wow. And it was like during official lockdown. So I drove an hour and a half away to this place called Earlville okay. to buy it off of a, like a local farmer. Um, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that was, kind of, that was really cool, but it was $225. And I'd never done it before. And I thought it would be a good idea on the first one to also invite like 10 friends over into our backyard that night. Okay. So, up the stakes. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm starting this at like five in the morning. Everybody's showing up at six. I really hope this works out. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it doesn't, it's going to suck. And uh, it worked out. So that was good. Nice. <laughs> Uh, ribs weren't bad. It was just, you know, I didn't have a hard time with those either. But for some reason, pork, it took me like four or five times to really kind of try and figure it out. That's funny. And it was just pulling it too yeah. early. Right. And then I like the third time I went way too late and it was just kind of like mush, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you, so what do you use to smoke? Do you smoke, um, do you use like a stick burner? You guys smoking inside and like a. Yeah. So we have two, um, seven foot by seven foot, by seven foot, uh, yeah. rotisserie smokers. Oh, cool. Um, they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, and we really grew into them. Like initially we opened up with 
for small smokers. Okay. Um, but quickly the demand outpaced what we could produce. Yeah. Um, so yeah, invested in those, which are like serious, serious pieces of equipment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but it's nice because it's you get every single thing you would out of like the most traditional smoking apparatus. Okay. Um, but these take a lot of the guesswork away. Yeah. Um, which is really nice. You know, we don't have someone here overnight as a pit master or yeah, anything. Right. Um, you know, all the all the heat and all the smoke comes directly from wood combustion. Yeah. But the temperature. Um, is digitally controlled, yeah. so it's kind of telling you know the auger how much wood to feed right. the fire. Um, That's cool. So it's nice. It's it's great because less guesswork, yeah. Less staffing needed, yeah. For um, sure. And also consistent product, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that business can be like like I lived in Texas for Central Texas for like three years, and um, and we did the social for. Uh, a guy who had just this small trailer in uh, Buda, Texas. Um, really cool, like, you know, he everything that you got from them, because um, his, his, uh, his parents were Mexican immigrants. Okay. And uh, they used to live in, like, Corpus Christi when he was growing up, which is right down the border. And, um, and then they moved up towards Austin, so Buda is like a suburb of Austin. But he just had this tiny trailer, but because of his, you know, heritage, everything that you got from them, no matter what, came in a tortilla. Okay. And so, and they made the, <laughs> like, so they made the tortilla as like, you know, they had the dough ready and then they flattened it. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Threw it, like as soon as you ordered. So you got this, like, if you ordered a pound of brisket, it came in this, you know, fresh, hot tortilla. That's really cool. Um, but he would be up all the time. It was like him and his son and his wife. Yeah. They were up all the time. Someone was overnight watching the smoker because they had to smoke overnight to make sure it was ready for lunch the next day. For sure, I mean, that's one of the biggest challenges uh, that's been consistent for us since day one is you're, you're really always guessing how many covers are we gonna do tomorrow? Yeah. So how much are we gonna <laughs> smoke tonight? Because yeah, once we're out, we're out. And it's, it's funny, I mean, we've had times that, you know, knock on wood, not often, but we've had times that it's, you know, seven o'clock, Yeah. we're wiped out of brisket or we're wiped out of ribs, you know, and people can get yeah. pretty upset especially they're like i waited in line three hours right i was here before you opened waited in line yeah and then was got to the door then had to wait more <laughs> and now i'm finally sitting down and you're at a brisket like yeah. are you kidding me and they get all freaked out and yeah it's not a steak i can't i know can't throw it on the grill yeah <laughs> when, when it's out it's out and we try hard not to yeah not to disappoint but have you noticed that's gotten worse in the past like year and a half of like customers getting upset over that kind of stuff i would say we've gotten better at oh, yeah. uh, oh, at okay. guessing. Yeah. Um, That's cool. So it's happening a lot less frequently. Yeah. Um, still can. Yeah. But I hate waiting in lines. Like, you know, I'm just an impatient person. Me too. <laughs> um, I have a buddy back in Syracuse who the first season of American Idol, uh, he had, he was like, he's a really talented musician, singer, songwriter, plays guitar. He drove from Syracuse across country to Los Angeles to audition got to the audition, saw that there was a four hour wait to get in and decided not to audition because he, he can't stand waiting in the lines that much. Um, and <laughs> That's so, spectacular. Right? Isn't that the best? Yeah. So um, when he told me that, I was like crying, laughing for like 10 minutes, you know. Um, but when it comes to like something really great, like a, re like a really great restaurant, like, I don't know, as a customer, 
I think if somebody is selling out of something, I'm like, that's amazing. I want that even more. Like, right. Let's get there earlier next time. You know. Um, yeah, the scarcity can kind of build the demand type yeah, thing. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, I've got a buddy back home. There's this donut shop called Glazed and Confused. Okay. And um, he's been open for, I think, three years now. But on Friday mornings, every Friday they do Fill It Friday, and it's a different, like, filled donut. And people are lined up, like, a block, two blocks long to get this donut. And they are usually sold out within an hour, hour and a half. Um, and the line's, like, bigger the next week, you know, uh, because people want to get that donut. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. When I see a restaurant that sells out, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. That means they're, it must be good. Right. Because you know? no one wants to run out of product. Right. I'd love to keep selling you product. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's in my best interest. Yeah. That's pretty funny. So... So what was the biggest like like shock in the beginning of getting this restaurant open? I mean, you come obviously, you know, your family's in the business, but um, what was like the biggest surprise when you guys were first getting open? I I'd say it was uh, there. There were a lot of people that wanted to see it fail. Oh really? Um, and yeah, I, I wasn't necessarily mentally prepared for that because I was also only twenty seven. Okay. I think. Um, so yeah, I was shocked to kind of feel, yeah, yeah to feel that. Um, hmm. And you know, it came from, wasn't, wasn't local, you yeah. know, had just moved up here, hmm. was young, yeah. was trying to do something great. Right. And I feel like when you combine those three things, in most any small town, you yeah. know, there's gonna be a portion of the population that right. wants, yeah. wants to put you in your place. <laughs> um, so that was, I mean, that was definitely a challenge early on. And, more so just like personally than yeah. on a restaurant level, you know, it was just tough to feel like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, restaurant wise, just finding the right systems. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like like a lot of first time, oh, yeah. you know, owners, you think you know exactly how it's gonna run and how you're gonna be able to do it. Right. And a month in, you're kind of scrapping half of the original plan, finding be better ways to do things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was kind of, yeah. I hear that a lot from, uh, I mean, even restaurant owners like that have been in it for a while who, you know, it's just those systems. It's trying to figure out like, you know, they often say, I hear it, I think from more than not, I don't know, I don't really know what I'm doing, but we're doing it and we're open and people are coming in. And, you know. <laughs> sure. I don't know if there is, I mean, I'm sure Danny Meyer would have like a different, something else to say, but I don't know if there is like a you know, follow A, B, C, D, and E, you right. know, in order to have the successful restaurant. Yeah, there's so, I mean, there's so much that goes into it. I yeah. mean, and things that are out of your control once you start, too. I mean, like, location. Once once you pick it, right. that's, that's where <laughs> you, you are. And I mean, yeah, luckily, <laughs> yeah. we have a good one. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so much that goes into it. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I agree. There's, there's no specific recipe for how to, how to do it right. Yeah. Do you still, uh, do you still enjoy being a restaurant owner? Most days. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always always had to wear a lot of hats here and wanted mm. to. Um, so I've, I've always been much more involved in the kitchen than on the front of house side of things. Okay. Um, much happier, you know, cooking, cracking jokes with the guys behind the scenes yeah. than, you know, being out, shaking hands, kissing babies type thing. Right. Um, just fits my personality more. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I used to do that combined with, um, all of our accounting combined mm -hmm. with all of our private events booking, yeah. um, combined with, you know, probably 10 other things. Yeah. Um, 
and then and then like I actually got to step back a little bit mm-hmm. um, as I started having kids, and that was really nice. Yeah. Um, but then kind of like the nationwide staffing crisis combined with you know COVID and everything that most everyone's been going through the last year and a half, um, yeah. it's really forced me back into cool. I'm, I'm prep cooking, mm-hmm. and I'm picking up my kids from school, <laughs> and then maybe I'm coming back and I'm line cooking. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a it's whirlwind. A um, and I love it. Like, I, I love, love cooking. Um, but I, I love hanging out with the kids, too. So, you know, it's like a fine balance. Yeah. What was it like up here during the, like, the height of the pandemic? Was it just, was it like a, a wasteland? Was it really, really dead? Or were people still coming up here? I think it was probably one of the best places to be, to really? be honest. Um, and the least changed, really. Oh, really? Um, tourists still came up. Um, last summer uh, was one of the best yeah. anyone's ever had up here. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like hmm. whether how real versus perceived, right. who knows, yeah. um, but it was perceived as, you know, kind of a safe haven. Um, cool. In our case, uh, you know, numbers or whatever yeah. um, have remained really low overall. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah, even for Essex County as a whole, most of the time it's been low, but definitely in this immediate area. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of been... And then also just being in the industry, like it's funny, I'll talk to friends, family from different parts of the country mm-hmm. um, and their world has changed and, and you yeah. know, especially like what, six months ago, a year ago, whenever it was at yeah. its peak, right. um, they were living these completely different lives. And oh, I was yeah. like, well, my kids are still in school yeah. and I'm still going to work at yeah. a restaurant. I'm still surrounded by people. And, mm. you know, my life didn't change all that, uh, all that much aside from like, having to grill in a mask and right. just being like, this is so unbearably hot right now. <laughs> that was a tough one on staff, man. Oh, I bet. Was just like, I know you don't want to, but we absolutely have to. Yeah. And there were people checking, yeah. you know, and uh, it's just like, sorry, yeah. like quit if you have to, but right. you, you got to wear the mask right now. Yeah, the state liquor authority was like really on top of that, you know. Yeah, it was interesting up. that they kind of became yeah. the enforcement on that. Right. We had a couple friends who own food trucks, and um, last summer uh, they would get their health inspection. And if you weren't wearing a mask while on the truck, it was like a, I forget what they call it, a red violation or whatever. Yep. It was like the highest violation you could get um, just for not having your mask on on the truck for the health inspection. So, yeah, it was pretty intense there for a little bit. I mean, there's definitely a, more than a few places um, that we're getting those thousand dollar fines for not having masks on or anything like that back yeah. home, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's now it's, a, it's, you know, things are definitely a lot more laxed in like Syracuse, at least central New York with like the mask mandates with, you know, being vaccinated or not vaccinated. And there are still places like there's the big, um, New York state craft, like, uh, brew fest that's coming up in November down there and you have to be vaccinated if you want to attend the event okay um and so and now that like cases are kind of rising a little bit more more places are going to masks for staff and and they're you know they're getting some pushback there was um at the state fair which is you know right in syracuse the fairgrounds um their policy was, in, if you're inside a building, you have to wear a mask. If you're outdoors, you don't have to. Okay. And we have, um, there's a, um, a distillery down there who had a booth inside and a booth outside. And all of his, he was completely staffed for the fair, which was a miracle. And then his staff realized that if they were inside, they had to wear a mask and half of them quit. 
So I believe it. I, I, yeah. If uh, if we had to go back to masks, regardless of vaccination status, yeah, I, I literally think we would probably have to close. Is this area <laughs> not doing that right now? Uh, no, if you're if, if you're fully vaccinated, vaccinated okay, um, oh, okay. you don't have to wear a mask. Okay. Um, I think where where I'm staying, I think they they just they have that the mask rule no matter what. Gotcha. And I was, uh, for some reason I just assumed it was the whole county was that way. Because uh, I'm still, you know, I see some people walking around town here that are wearing them and some aren't outside. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I did it quick because I wanted to get out of the mask as fast as possible. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it was either April, yeah. maybe April that I got mine. And yeah. It was a... I was ready. <laughs> what was that like around here? Were a lot of people for it or was it like, is that a small community and a lot of people were like against it like you would typically think or... Yeah, I... Definitely a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people were kind of 50-50. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really we're using kind of small things to push them one way or the right. other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. whether it's just like, cool, I don't want to work in a mask anymore, so I'm going to do it for that reason. Right. I don't care otherwise, but I'm done with this mask, you yeah. know? Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some people, like, yeah. like anywhere, right. um, yeah. that they're they're gonna track you with it and all the <laughs> yeah <laughs> all the stuff that's yeah. out there right they might be but i'm still i'm still glad i got vaccinated <laughs> right well you know and i, I have an iphone and <laughs> right exactly um yeah elon musk was you know he's talking about Neuralink and you know um you know the potential of that coming out one day and you know people freaking out over the thought of that being a possibility and um you know, technology, like being that much a part of your life. But, uh, you know, he was saying, you know, your iPhone is literally a part of you. You know, there's like things that only you can do in your iPhone. Right. You know? So, um, yeah, I, I, we got, I got vaccinated pretty early, like being in this side of, you know, in restaurants, I was able to like get it when all the other restaurant workers did. Nice. And, um, I just remember standing in line, like, we did it, they did it at this big convention center in Syracuse. And so I just remember standing in like this massive convention center and there's just line, like this zigzag line, like hundreds of people in there. And I felt like I was in a movie. I was yeah, like, you know, yeah, totally texting my brothers. I was like, I'm kind of freaking out, not about getting vaccinated, just from what I'm staring at right, right. now. Right. Yeah. Ours was pretty cool. Um, so ours was up in Plattsburgh. Okay. Um, and it was like right at the airport. Oh, cool. Um, so, I mean, I could be inaccurate when I say this, but I'm pretty sure it was just in like a big uh, airplane hangar. Oh, that's cool. Um, so you didn't even get out of your car. Oh, You wow. waited in line in your car. You drove through the hangar in yeah. your car. Um, you know, you'd roll down the window. They'd give you your shot yeah. and drive out, um, hmm. which, yeah, it was pretty slick. Yeah. I mean, I would prefer that standing in line. Yeah, for sure. We did that for a couple of testing sites up there. Okay. It was like drive in and get tested and drive out. So. Uh, I unfortunately got COVID back at like at New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. So it was awful. It was so bad before I got vaccinated, obviously. But um, so last New Year's. But uh, um, yeah, it was uh, it was not fun. Not fun to have. I got it from work and then my wife got it. Yeah, definitely not a fun experience getting COVID. No, the biggest the weirdest thing is the taste, the taste and smell. Like I lost that for like four or five days and it was really, really strange. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be just so off-putting. Yeah. Like, I'm a bigger guy, and so I, like, um, like when we if we order pizza and wings, you know, you're, like, using blue cheese. And it was, like, the second day I'd lost taste, and we ordered pizza. And um, I, like, went to dip my pizza in blue cheese, and I was like, 
why am I doing this? I can't taste it. There's, there's, <laughs> there's zero no point. point. <laughs> why, like, You're just slapping more calories on right? there. And then, uh, yeah, I was like, there's a lesson in this, you know, for later on in life after I'm out of COVID. That's too funny. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's amazing how powerful, like, just the human brain is because uh, my girlfriend, for a period of time, like, mm. like a night, basically, yeah. all of a sudden had convinced herself that she had it. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and it was when uh, we, were, we were quarantined because um, okay. we had both been, like, exposed. Yeah. Neither of us had tested positive. Neither of us had symptoms. That's good. Um, but uh, all of a sudden, she was convinced she had it. Yeah. And uh, was convinced that she couldn't smell or taste. So, I mean, <laughs> end of the story, she doesn't have it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> she, she literally picks up, um, picks up a bottle of vodka, pours some in a glass. It's, like, warm. She's not... <laughs> This is not how she drinks. Yeah. If she's doing a shot, it's like a kamikaze. Or, right. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's warm vodka, downs it. It's like, couldn't taste a thing. <laughs> so her brain just completely That's freaked awesome. her out, had yeah. like stopped her senses from even working. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. I still, still give her a hard time oh, for that yeah. one. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's, um, it really, it's, it was, that was a, just a strange thing, man. Um, uh, especially like, we, I know a couple of chefs who, you know, who had it and them losing their taste and smell really, really bothered them. Yeah, you know? I'm sure. I mean, they were quarantined. It's not like they were, they couldn't taste while they were cooking, you know, but it just really freaked them out. But, um, luckily I took, I started taking zinc like as soon as like I lost it and then it came back, you know, okay. pretty quickly. And I'd know other people who had COVID and, you know, here a few months later, they still don't have their taste or smell back. No kidding. So yeah. So it's a little strange, but, um, Yeah. Hmm. I'm lucky. I get. I don't. I don't know a ton of people directly that have had it. That's good. Yeah. And the couple that I do, because um, we had, I think two positive cases okay. throughout the whole thing oh, really? here at the restaurant. Wow. Um, so I mean, I, I feel pretty fortunate that it's only two. Yeah. Um, but they both were completely asymptomatic. That's great. Um, yeah, and just had gotten tested for one of them was like moving out of state and it was like a requirement or, yeah. you know, it was kind of just like happenstance that they even got tested. Yeah. Um, Huh. But yeah, so I haven't been in contact with a lot of people that have really gone through it. Yeah. I did a podcast back, um, like, the it was supposed to be the St. Patrick's Festival uh, in Syracuse or the parade. They had just canceled that, like, that week due to COVID. They hadn't shut restaurants down yet. They were, like, doing 50% capacity. And I had a podcast that morning I recorded with a, a like, chocolatier in Syracuse. And he and I are on the podcast talking about, you know, yeah, it sucks, but in two weeks, everything will be fine. We'll be back to normal, you know, dah, dah, dah. like went on and on about two weeks, two weeks, yeah, two weeks. Yeah. And I, it was, I had like edited and put that episode out like a month and a half later and just thought how incredibly stupid that was. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> Here we are a month and a half later and we're talking about two weeks, it'll be done. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think, it, you know, it's taught, uh, you know, Back home, I see it a lot. Like, it's taught a lot of restaurant owners, I'm sure, like, business owners in general, um, to really, like, be prepared for anything that could happen. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's beyond worst-case scenario, right? Uh, being shut down. and um, But it's. I talk to a lot of people that they're like, you know, we're not going to do that upgrade right now that we, you know, that we sh maybe could or maybe we should. We're just going to sit on that money and wait and see if anything happens again. You know? Very understandable. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
and a lot of them started like just sourcing their food a lot differently trying to get more local you know if they possibly could especially right now i mean there's you know we're I'm, i hear stories of like cisco um dropping accounts because they you know it's too small of an account and they can't they don't have the drivers to you know, sure i mean it's definitely not just them but yeah, yeah yeah it's uh yeah so it's crazy so i think there, there's obviously there's a lot of good things that came out of it and you know those are some of them yeah uh, definitely yeah um I forget if I've asked this or not, but what's it like? Do you have a mindset that you're working, like you're like appealing to tourists all the time when you're running the restaurant, like when you're thinking through like a menu item or anything like that? We pretty much do at this point, like we do what we do and yeah. we do it really well. Yeah. And we do it the same every single day. Yeah. Um, we, we used to do seasonal menus and really change things a lot. Yeah. And uh, for lots of reasons. Um, you know, uh, some with staffing, some with just efficiencies, some, yeah. you know, um, we really have just honed in on like, this is what we are, you know, and yeah. uh, we, we don't, we don't stray from it much, to yeah. be honest. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's a ton that we do that's necessarily tourist or local specific. Yeah. Um, we just make really good food. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's funny, because originally when we opened, um, we were doing kind of more than just that. We were um, like a concert venue also. Yeah. Um, we use that space now for like lots of weddings in-house and corporate events and that type of stuff that we do because we have like a full service catering in-house and That's you awesome. know catering at other places program that we offer. Um, but yeah, so when we opened, we were doing these like big 150 to 200 person uh, shows like upstairs. Wow. Um, you know, we were open kind of like late night, not like 3 a.m. or anything, but, yeah. you know, on the weekends, we were consistently open to, like, one, um, you know, so we were, like, a lunch spot, a dinner spot, a mm. late night spot, a venue, <laughs> um, and it all went well, yeah. you know, it wasn't like any of it was, like, a failure or right. anything, um, but over time, you know, just honed in on, like, well, what do we want to be, yeah. um, and what do people enjoy the most out of what we do, yeah. um, and it's just really good food and drink and service, and that's what we focus on now is, yeah. is you know, we do dinner, hopefully soon again, seven nights a week. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I'm really proud of what we put out. Yeah. Right, so you guys are closed right now on Wednesdays, right? Yes. Yeah. Is that just, like, the, that's obviously, like, the slowest day? Yeah. Um, it, it also happened to be when we didn't have any private events booked. That's right, um, yeah. You know, because... We have a random one on a Monday, or we had one on Monday and Tuesday this week, actually. Mm. Um, and Thursdays, especially once like Can-Am hockey gets to town, sometimes we get events on Thursdays. Yeah. Mondays can also be like the tail end of a long weekend. Right. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say that it was like overly scientific as to why we chose Wednesday. Yeah. Um, kind of just fell in our just, lap yeah. and made, <laughs> made sense. So how, like, you know, your mom uh, has, so is, her, is the pizzeria still there? Yeah, they've got to be between 25 and 30 years of operation because wow. I'm 35. Yeah. Okay. And like growing up, what was that like? With Like were you there all the time uh, with the family, you know, hanging out? Sure, working? definitely not all the time. I, I wouldn't want to overstate it. Um, so she does that. My dad um, owns a big national uh, real estate company. Cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, from when I was young and would stand on like a little step stool and like... Yeah 
work in the prep kitchen and <laughs> you know I mean I'm sure I wasn't being too helpful but yeah. everyone got a kick out of it and it <laughs> kept me entertained while she was working um, you know so everything from that to you know then when I was in either middle school or high school um, you know like I would host before I was old enough to serve yeah um, and then I served um, I actually did more front of house stuff there than than cooking there yeah. Um, but yeah always have cooked a ton at home and cooked a lot with my mom at home too yeah um, my, uh, my parents owned a diner and we used to live in uh, Northern Kentucky. And so they had a diner for just over a year, like a 50 style diner. Okay. And, um, uh, probably not the right place for that sort of, a, <laughs> cause it was like, it was like your typical, um, uh, actually I'm just going to reset the camera. Sure. Yeah, so that was like your typical New York style diner. You okay. Know, like, like maybe upstate New York stuff. You know, like big menu. Yeah. Um, you know, you could. Have you ever been to like Cincinnati area before? No. So they have like a cheese coney, they call it. Okay. Or Cincinnati chili is like a thing. And, yeah, I've heard of their chili. Okay. So it has like chocolate in it, you know, and um, and cinnamon, and like the ground beef is like really fine. Um, but they do a three way, which is spaghetti, chili mustard onions and then like a pound of shredded cheese which okay. sounds disgusting but it's really good <laughs> and uh and then they have a cheese coney which is essentially just like a chili dog but they're small oh nice so at my dad's at the family diner you could get that you get you know eggs and you know potatoes and whatever like normal breakfast but then for lunch or dinner you could get chicken parm or a sauce you know it was just the like classic this. super expansive diner right. menu exactly and uh, I was maybe like nine or 10 years old at the time. And we were just, I was homeschooled. So I was up there all the time. I mean, every day, all day. And, that, you know, for that year, it was just like, that's where we were. That's you were living it. Was. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably two years with like the build and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But, but yeah, I remember there was this, a couple of days a week, there was this break from like two to three thirty in the afternoon where the waitresses like there was no waitresses there's no dishwasher and there was no cook okay so i would like go and take a couple tables and then go in the back and help my dad <laughs> cook the food and then clean the dishes afterwards you know that's awesome and um i mean i was nine so of course you know being in a restaurant i was like yeah this is amazing this is the right and we had some you know arcade games so i get to go steal quarters and play arcade games you know but um but looking back on it now, it's like it's such uh, such a commitment for a family to have a, a restaurant like that. You know, um, it's I mean, I know, you know, plenty of families that, you know, that's back home that we work with that are that's where they are all the time. Right. You know, um, but I've I don't think I've ever met somebody who like uh had like their family had a place growing up that they also weren't in the food industry later in life sure you know it does seem to kind of trickle down like that yeah they just in one way shape or form they're still in the industry well and it's such like a lifestyle too you know what i mean i mean your hours of work are super different than the rest of the world yeah. and i don't know it's <laughs> i'm not old but yeah. i'm not young All right um and it's just funny to think about because like i, I don't have any social media for myself i don't oh really yeah, I, yeah i'm a bit of a hermit with that type of stuff yeah um but i think about you know i think about all the things that i happen to know of yeah. strictly because i'm surrounded by young people at the restaurant yeah. you know 
stupid stuff. Like, I know who Cardi B is. <laughs> I would never know who Cardi B is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And just yeah. Uh, uh, Snapchat. Right. I wouldn't be aware that that existed. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice. It, it makes me feel like I'm still, like, in touch. Yeah. While, while still getting to be a bit of a hermit. Right, yeah. So were you ever on any social media? I did, like, instant messenger. Okay, yeah. Um, when I was, you know, like, middle school, high right. school. Yeah. Um, I got Facebook for maybe a month. Okay. Um, and it was only because I was trying to uh, date who eventually became my wife. Uh-huh. Um, I was trying to date her, and she we were having a hard time syncing up. And she was yeah. like, well, if you were on Facebook, it would be easier for us to, like, <laughs> sync up. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so once we went on our first date or two, I was like, cool, I'm off Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, and how old are you? Like 35? 35, okay. yeah. Yeah, it's why. I mean, it's uh, that sounds actually kind of amazing. Like, there is, a, I don't know if you know this or not, but the other day, what was it Monday or Tuesday? Um, I think it was Monday. There was like a Facebook Instagram outage. I, so, I do, but only because right. of here. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, for, for myself, you know, I've got three cell phones, and because we have 18, you know, uh, marketing clients, and primarily what we do for them is manage their social media. So, we have to have, and we have to have, uh, you can only have so many Instagram accounts per phone okay. before you have to get a new, new device, which is absolutely insane As I, whenever I say that to somebody. That's really um, wild, yeah. Yeah. But Monday was a great day for me. I didn't have to worry, like, I, there was no, you know, comment that I had to respond to on somebody, you know, no customer asking, you know, or making a dumb comment like, hey, the steak looks too rare for me, you know, that we had to respond to. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday was a great day. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've never seen any dumb comments. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Do you, yeah, because you the restaurant doesn't have like I was looking up on Instagram. You guys don't have like a uh, for what I you know what I'm assuming is a successful restaurant, right? You've been here this many years and have this great spot, so uh, you got to be doing something right. But yeah, you don't I mean, have a huge social presence. No, no, and I mean I think because we don't you know like. We do have Facebook for the restaurant, yeah. um, and I think because we don't use it often, yeah. um, when we do, it like blows up, honestly. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I mean, from my understanding of what blowing up would be. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, it, it's not uncommon for us to post something and have, you know, without like boosting it or anything yeah. like that, you know, organically, like a ten to 15,000 person reach wow. and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of engagements. And, yeah. Um, you know, like when we say, like, the deck is open for this season. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's kind of fun to watch. And it's addictive to watch, which is probably yeah. why I'm like, I'm staying away from this. Because I could see myself yeah. being way, yeah, yeah way sure. too focused on it. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, I think it, it probably is a disease, you know, to, like, have an addiction. You know, it just, it really is terrible uh, at the end of the day. <laughs> well, I know myself. Um, I have, like, a very addictive personality. And it's, right. Yeah. Yeah. Keep my vices to a minimum. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm the same way. I'm get like, I get really obsessed with things. And so, um, and, uh, you know, trying to create content for people all the time and thinking of what's going to work is, you know, after a while, it gets kind of annoying. Um, actually the, so the last time I was, you know, telling you before we started that, um, the last time I was up here was like five, six years ago. And we had just started the, uh, social media portion of the business. And I started with a friend of mine, and we had full-time jobs. 
<clears throat> and a lot of we worked at a mattress retailer in town. Okay. Um, and so we made really great money, but we had like if you worked a ten-hour shift, you sat there and did nothing for like eight hours. Gotcha. Because um, you just waited for a customer to show up. So, so one day we're talking like we're so bored, we should start a side hustle. And so I was like, I know how to do social media. We can do that for local places. So we did. And like I think we had two clients at the time. And um, have you ever been like a smoker, like cigarettes? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I used to too. And I remember when I was first, I had my first cigarette and I was like getting nauseous. My cousin told me, uh, he's like, oh, you just got to smoke through that. Just smoke through the nausea. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he was right. But then you're addicted to cigarettes, you know, right. nicotine. So, um, and that's kind of how social media is, is what I've found. So when I came up here, I was just so burned out. It was like the nausea of social media and having to have a phone on all the time that I was either going to break my phone and stop the business or I needed to take a break. So I drove up here to Lake Placid for a break. That's too funny. <laughs> yeah. And it really, it can be, it's pretty annoying. Um, and I think about the things that are important to me and what I talk about with like other friends that are in the business uh, and talking about like, oh, this one got this many likes or this one got that many likes. So, sure. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's probably not that important. Yeah. But so, it is to a lot of people, which kind of makes it important. Yeah. yeah. Right, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like my so my wife and I, we have this goal. We just um, so I just started doing this business full time uh, a month ago. So September first was like I worked. I did the marketing for a restaurant equipment and like you know smallwares company back in Syracuse, and uh, so I quit to do this full time. Okay, we brought on two partners to come in and help us, and and. Um, you know, we're talking to them for meeting with them for like a month and a half about, you know, when we're talking about bringing them on and they're asking us goals. And I'm like, you know, listen, I want to be done in five years. You know, I want to be either sell the business or make enough money to like retire early or, you know, something. And, um, you know, and they're like, well, what would you do from then? And I'm like, buy a house on a lake and just relax. And my wife, Rebecca, is like, there's no way in hell that you're ever going to be able to do that, you know, because... She just sees like, you know, three cell phones all the time. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Which is true. I would, but I would just, I think that I would just be like uh, really obsessive over, you know, chopping wood or sure. reading books or, you know, enjoying the water or family or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that those obsessions are, you know, just, you're going to have them and want for something. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, there are a lot of people that social media is, you know, it's their thing that can be healthy, I guess, in some ways but it can also be really unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I have a buddy, uh, Trey, who has, like, for years he had a flip phone. Okay, and yeah. he felt that having an iPhone with, uh, with, like, Google Maps on it would make him dumb. So he refused to get it, and he would just get lost if he got lost, but he would just, and people, he would ask people for directions all the time. He'd be like, just use your phone, and he didn't have one, you know? And he finally caved, but for a while, he, all he had was a flip phone. I respect that. Yeah. It's a good old pal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so what do you think is like, I mean, well, you guys opened the patio here. It was reading online just like, what, three or four years ago? Sounds about right. Okay. Yeah, 20, I don't know, yeah. three or four years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think is... I've been in like young kid, like dad life for the last yeah. five. So like time... Okay. The meaning of time right. has really changed for me. <laughs> um, 
What was that like going from not being a dad to being a dad and being in the restaurant industry? Sure. Um, crazy, honestly, yeah. really, really crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I never was, at least not since early, early on. It's not like I was ever the last one here locking up or anything. Yeah. So, you know, my hours aren't totally insane. Yeah. You know, if I'm working operationally, I'm here till nine, ten o'clock. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, like, I had a pretty good built-in excuse, which I maybe use as an excuse too much, um, <laughs> for, like, not doing, like, nighttime wake-ups and stuff. Yeah. And, um, because, yeah, I mean, you're definitely, like like I was saying before, you're on a different schedule than the rest of the world, and you're definitely on a different schedule than yeah. newborns and moms and yeah. all that. Um, but, yeah, and then just trying to, like, carve away as much time as possible yeah. um, to, like, be with the kids. And right. it's my favorite thing in the world. Like, being a dad is yeah. the absolute best. <laughs> um, but then, uh, and then my wife and I uh, split up, so then that changed everything again yeah um so now you know like i've got the kids half of the time uh, pretty hard to work that half yeah. i'll do like some morning prep shifts or some office work because uh now they're both in school finally for the first time this year my nice. uh my youngest is in school now um but yeah so then it's like when i don't have them work 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 right. work you know kind of catch up on everything yeah. um so yeah it's an, an interesting dynamic <laughs> yeah i bet it's um yeah. Are you happy? Like you think, do you kind of view it as kind of like the same thing? Like you grew up with like one day, like they'll be in the restaurant with you and stuff like that. Is it like, is that a hope or do you think you want to try and keep them out of the industry? If they come in the restaurant, I would like for them to work in the kitchen. Yeah. That, that, that is my, like, that would be my one hope. Yeah. Um, cause I, I don't know how to say this. Um, <laughs> it's hard work. The kitchen is hard work. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, being front of house, it's not that it's not hard. You have to, I mean, you have to deal with really mean people sometimes. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's emotionally more taxing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you can walk away with a pretty ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, um, for sure. From one shift, whereas I, I guess I just like the work versus compensation and just the mindset and everything yeah. you have to have to really succeed in right. a kitchen and in the back of the house. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see them tackle that yeah. instead of, you know, waltz in, hit a few tables and <laughs> make bank. <laughs> that's, that's it's all important. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's true, man. The, um, I mean, I've, you know, you can't have a bad day in this industry. Um, and you really shouldn't have a bad day on, on any side of this, but I feel like you can almost get away with it in front of the house. Um, if you're in the kitchen and you're having a bad day and you screw up somebody's food or something like that, you know, that's, you know, it's not a good time at all. No, yeah, no. Not, not in the slightest. Well, and there's such a trickle-down effect on a line, too. You yeah. know, I mean, one person's having a bad day, even if it's, like, whether it's professionally or personally. Right. You know what I mean? And it just starts to, like, wear on the dude next to you or the girl next to you yeah. you know and then then they're thrown off because they're kind of like looking over like like do i have to help him what's going on blah 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 they're missing stuff it's really easy i mean especially we're if we're not the highest volume restaurant in town uh -huh. i mean we're, I th i'm pretty sure we are yeah um but yeah i mean there, there's there's a handful that really really crank and we're yeah. definitely in that handful um and yeah it's kind of like when you're 
doing that many covers, yeah. the slightest little hitch in your giddy-up like, yeah. can really, really throw things off. Yeah. Was that the goal when you first, was it when you first opened, was just like, let's go to Lake Placid and open up a restaurant? Um, did you have goals of like, one day I want to be this big or, you know? No, it definitely grew way bigger yeah. than, uh, than I desired. Not that I, I didn't desire it either, but right. yeah, like out, it outgrew the original expectation or hope yeah for sure especially with like the event side of things yeah like we do a lot a lot of private engagements that's such a big deal for restaurants it catering is. private events all that kind of stuff and um i mean you know i've got friends back home who do just i mean they crush that stuff especially right now um we've got i've got a buddy uh they own uh, and run, or run limp lizard barbecue and they, there's three locations and then they have a food truck Nice. And their food truck business for catering this past year with COVID has been absolutely insane. I bet, man. That's yeah. that's ideal. Yeah. I mean, it's in some cases it can outpace. I mean, it does outpace other big restaurants in town just out of their catering and their food truck. Um, and yeah, that can be like, it can be stressful when you're like doing a lot of big stuff, a lot of big events or important events, you know. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's especially like right now, um, you know, when we're understaffed to begin with. Right. And then we're bringing up all these event sheets to the kitchen <laughs> and we're like, all right. So in addition to doing, you know, five to six hundred <laughs> covers for dinner in-house tonight, we're going to be doing this 200 person offsite wedding. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> let's go, team. That's nuts. Um, and it definitely did. Like it, it really did take a toll on yeah. uh, on some of the kitchen staff this summer um, just because there was less of them. Yeah, and, for sure, uh, you know, I try and, when I'm not with the kids, I try and, like, live it with them as much as possible yeah. um, so they don't feel like, so they don't feel underappreciated or they don't feel like I don't know what I'm asking of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's different for them. Right. You know what I mean? And I, I get that. And yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting time for us and presumably most restaurants moving forward, how you balance how much you want to take on versus, yeah. you know, how happy your staff is. Because right. um, I've always, I've always, like, tried to be a great employer. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like we've always paid, especially, like, the kitchen, more money than anyone else does locally because I always mm -hmm. wanted to be able to know and say, like, yeah. we take care of our guys because the job is fucking hard. Right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just... I, Find, finding that balance between like, okay, we the restaurant needs to make money to yeah. stay to stay open, right. but also these guys have to want to come here every day <laughs> to stay open. You know, it's a it's never felt more precarious in yeah. that sense. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool to hear you talk about like you know talk about taking care of the staff that way. I mean, I've never met an owner who said you know who said that they don't care about the staff or anything like that, but to kind of like know that um, you're asking a lot of them, you know, especially in a place this busy. That's cool. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm friends or at least friendly yeah. with everyone. Um, you know, some, a few, like I actually like, you know, we'll golf or go out on a boat yeah. or, you know, do something outside of here. Um, but it's nice. I mean, it's, I feel like, I feel like in this industry, some level, it doesn't have to be like best friends, but right. I feel like some level of personal relationship kind of does, I feel like it goes a long way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
So do you ever get tired of uh, barbecue, of like eating or smoking it or, you know, working with it? You're going to think I'm full of shit. No, honestly, <laughs> like I really, really don't. Maybe working with it. Maybe yeah. working with it. Like sometimes my eyes just want to see something yeah. other than like a half rack of ribs or a brisket plate <laughs> or, you know, and I feel like those are the times where I'm just like, hey, what's in the cooler? Let's run a feature. I got to <laughs> I gotta see something else today. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I could, if and when I do, you know, another restaurant yeah it would be a different concept i wouldn't i wouldn't want to open yeah. another smoke signals um just because it would be so much more creatively stimulating yeah um but in terms of enjoying it like i i still really really like our food yeah that's awesome and i like barbecue in general i mean i still like i'll go to charleston yeah and i won't load up on barbecue every day but at least one time i'll be like all right let me check out what someone's doing down here yeah um and that's always fun yeah there's definitely something like I feel, I mean, there's chefs. I, I've had this argument with a chef back home a lot about like whether it's a, an art or a craft, you know, just like being a talent, like being, in the, you know, cook, a chef. Um, you know, he's always said he views it as a craft. Anybody can like work it and get it down. And I kind of view it as an art form. Like I, and maybe just because I don't want to think that I, I cannot do what some of these amazing people do. Um, but I feel like, when it comes to barbecue, I find more craftsmen. People are just like, because you kind of have to, right? It's like wake up every day. You have to put your hours in on it, you know. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't disagree. I mean, it's if you follow these whatever ten, yeah. twelve steps, you know, with the raw product that we have and right. with the smoking apparatus that we have. It's going to come out perfect. Right. And there's not a lot of guesswork. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the biggest thing, and you alluded to it earlier, is uh, just the right time to pull the meat. Mm -hmm. um, because that is the one thing that regardless of everything else that we've done to try and have, like, the same exact product day after day after day, um, how much meat is in a smoker is yeah. going to impact your smoke time. Mm -hmm. um, we have very tight specs on very high-end items that we buy, yeah. um, like in terms of our brisket, ribs, mm. pork. Um, we buy like the best of all of those, and we have really tight specs on what size they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but even still, even still, you know, <laughs> I might have a 14-pound brisket in in one case and an eight in the next, and they're not going to finish at the same time. Right. Um, so I feel like if there is an art side yeah. to barbecue, I mean. It's really that. It's kind of individually assessing. Yeah. Is this rack of ribs ready to come out? Mm -hmm. Is this brisket ready to come out? And then you also kind of know the nuances of your equipment too. Yeah. Like our smokers run hotter on the left side. Mm. So pretty much when you first check it, you know, okay, it's left side. It's all going to be good. We can pull that out. Anything that's left in, move over to the left side. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's where there's a little more. Yeah nuance and finesse yeah, right. and whatever but but yeah to your point barbecue i mean you're rubbing meat you're smoking meat yeah and you're either pulling it or slicing it <laughs> right <laughs> uh, well thank you so much for taking the time especially on your day off man i really appreciate this yeah no worries it was nice to meet you yeah Well, there it is, everybody. Again, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, episode 103 of the Eat Local New York podcast. Really big shout out to Jason for coming down. It was his day off. 
the guy showed up on his on his freaking day off. I mean, sit down with me for an hour out on the uh, patio, the balcony of their restaurant, the deck of their restaurant. Just gorgeous spot. I was bummed I wasn't able to eat there because, you know, a lot of places are closed in Lake Placid on Wednesdays. It's kind of like the slower day, and I, that was like the one day I was there. You know, Tuesday night, Wednesday, and then I left Thursday morning really early. But, um, again, I just have to give a big shout-out to our friends over at Golden Arrow. Uh, definitely check them out if you're going up to Lake Placid, thinking about a trip, and I could not recommend heading up there enough. Uh, such a relaxing getaway. Um, yeah, wonderful time. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Eat Local Podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to this on. You can also watch the video over on our YouTube channel. You can follow along with everything we're doing online on social media and on our website at eatlocalnewyork.com. Baby.